We spend about $1.2 trillion every single year on food, which is wasted. It is the equivalent of the entire GDP of Mexico. The Startup Sensations podcast. First-hand accounts of the real stories behind the successes, challenges, and opportunities of starting and growing a startup company. From both sides of the pond. With Bulent Osman and Shelley Bays. And welcome back to another episode of the Startup Sensations podcast with me, Bulent Osman, from, well, just outside London here in the UK. And me, Shelley Bays, on the beautiful Northern California coast. Well, today we've got a brilliant guest. His name is Jamie Crummy, and he's the founder and CEO of a company called Too Good To Go. And Too Good To Go is all about reducing global food waste. It's a really seriously mission-driven organization, and it has a, a really important purpose. I love seeing companies that are socially responsible and are profitable, because this was always the conundrum in the past. So this will be fun to hear, and I think very inspiring is my guess. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually met Jamie once before, and he is a very thoughtful, authentic, and uh, as I said, very mission-driven, passionate about his cause, and a highly intelligent individual that's that's created this this global organization that's doing tremendous good around the world. So we're looking forward to, to meeting him and asking him all those questions and finding out more. Sounds great. And I'm delighted to say that Jamie Crabby now joins us all the way from London here in the UK. Jamie, hello. How are you? And welcome to the show. I'm very well, thank you. No, thank you so much for having me on today. It's a, a pleasure to have the chance to to chat to you both. Hi, Jamie. Nice to see you. Well, Jamie, you are the co-founder of Too Good To Go, a fantastic mission-driven organization, truly impressive. Uh, please share with our listening audience a bit about your company and uh, what you do. Too Good To Go is a social impact company, which is all about fighting food waste. Now, at the heart of our business is our, our app, which is effectively a marketplace for surplus food in which our consumers, our users are able to rescue a meal at a reduced price from our participating food businesses. Now our partners range from everything from like um, you know, a mom and pop shop through to a you know a bakery around the corner to high street coffee chains, supermarkets and retailers. This has been a a business now which me and my co-founders we started Eight years ago, it feels like a, a pretty long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's it's still relatively new. But in these in these past eight years, yeah, we've amassed a community of over eighty million consumers, around about one hundred and fifty thousand food businesses, spanning two continents and seventeen markets, who collectively have rescued over two hundred and eighty million meals from going to waste. That's impressive. It certainly is. <laughs> Thank you. Can you share uh, some of the secrets of how you managed to build such a big community and mobilize all these people for what is obviously a, a very important common good? Yeah, I mean, it, it was super easy, right? Uh, <laughs> In your sleep. <laughs> no, it's, it's certainly been a journey. And 
I think that's probably the most apt way to uh, to describe it because with any journey there's been there's been highs and there's there's definitely been some lows as well. In terms of building Too Good To Go itself, you know, we are, as I mentioned earlier, like a, a social impact business. We are a business which is driven by our mission and by our purpose. We've developed what we like to call our triple win. And I feel this has been something which has been, you know, very unique to our own development and to our own growth. But it's been something which our community has been able to get behind. And this this notion of the triple win is that through the, the Too Good To Go model, through our marketplace, you know, consumers, businesses, and the environment all win in this scenario. So through the Too Good To Go app, you know, consumers are able to you know, discover new foods, discover new flavors at prices which are typically more affordable for them. And then at the same time, you know, for businesses, they're able to recover sunk costs of food which would otherwise have gone to waste. They're able to get new customers through the door and reduce their waste disposal costs, whilst at the same time, none of this food is going to waste. And you know, food waste itself is, is one of the, the leading causes behind climate change. So to your question, it's been a it's been a journey for sure. You know, building this community of businesses of consumers, it's been a journey. But uh, one of the reasons is this triple win, this concept that um, both our partners and consumers are able to get behind. So Jamie, I'm curious, what was absolutely step one, the first business? And how did you convince them? <laughs> the first business? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple stories and a couple anecdotes I, I can probably share. But um you know, when I mentioned it's been a journey, you know, the product itself and how we've evolved as a business has been part of that. Eight years ago, myself and my co-founders, we'd bootstrap the operation. So we didn't have huge amounts of, of funding to begin with. And it was ourselves out there on the streets, drumming up interest and speaking to, um, to food operators and food businesses. But when starting Too Good To Go, and I suppose when starting, you know, any businesses, it's really important to have a network of partners, of clients, of customers. So there's this one time, actually, I, um, I went to a, a food business here in London, and this was pre-launching the app. I go into this meeting, and it was a chain of restaurants. So they had 12 sites or so across the UK. So it wasn't massive, but it was certainly a bigger step up, and it, it was, for us, an opportunity to demonstrate that we can work with with organizations of different sizes. So I go into this meeting, I've got a deck prepared, and I go to open my my laptop, but the laptop won't turn on. And this is at a stage in the transition where the web shop has now been closed and the app has yet to be developed. So I didn't have you know, huge amounts of things to demonstrate, right? Or to demo. Like a lot of on entrepreneurs, these opportunities don't come around very often. So I seize the chance to, you know, go through with a meeting and go through with, with the pitch. And lo and behold, this chain of restaurants, you decided that, they, you know, they wanted to come on this journey with us. They wanted to sign up to Too Good To Go. So it was a, a huge, like, euphoric moment. You know, they didn't come on board because I, I was the best salesperson. <laughs> but what they said they were really impressed by was this passion. It was this passion that came across. And for them, 
you know, it was infectious. You know, they seen the problem of food waste on a daily basis and they were looking for solutions to be able to help them. And our win-win-win solution was something which they could they they could really get behind. Yeah. Anyway, I jump on the tube home, open up the laptop to see what, what had gone wrong, and it turned out the brightness was just turned all, all the way down. Oops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's a learning for all of the founders who are listening to this show to maybe just like switch off the screen and be authentic. Because I think you talk about passion, but Jamie, you also come across as incredibly authentic. As you started to grow, what were some of the real frustrations and problems and issues that you faced growing from you know those those humble beginnings through to something far more substantial as we've grown as we've we've developed you know the organization has has changed and you know that comes with with growing pains you know you go from being yourself and your co-founders where you know, you're able to have very immediate conversations and implement things very fast you know one thing we we learned to do quite well was to fail fast and take those learnings to then go into whether it be the way we communicated externally or the way in which we would uh, develop our products. But as we grow, as we scale, you know, the team grows, the team scales, you know, it no longer can everyone fit around one table and you can sort of know what everyone's thinking. So it becomes much more important to develop those processes to enable us to be able to scale more effectively to be able to like work at speed whilst also like creating that balance between sort of speed and excellence. And you talk about some of those challenges. I feel that that was, that, that was one that we often wrestled with, you know, trying to do something which was almost perfect whilst at the same time trying to, you know, keep operating at speed and keeping that momentum going. So finding that balance, I think, was certainly a, a big challenge and it, it's it's probably still a, a challenge for us to these days. I mean, you don't find the the winning formula immediately. Eight years ago, how did you find funding? And in this environment, where you know, oh, that's nice what you're doing, Jamie, but um, I'm going to fund a an app where I can find my friends over here because it'll make more money. There certainly has been a transition for sure in which the broader sort of public discourse within those financial circles or funding circles are now wanting to explore businesses which have more of an impact on society, which develop or deliver more environmental value. You know, we can even point to the, you know, the huge rise in the number of B Corps, for example, you know, businesses which align, ourselves included, which align you know, people, planet, and purpose alongside profits. In those early days, even, we've had a business model which aligned our commercial success with our environmental impact, which may be slightly different from other organizations, particularly, you know, lots of startups may struggle to, to have a, a revenue model from the very beginning. Whereas the way in which our marketplace works is, a customer rescues a surprise bag from a business and they pay for that through our app. And so there was already a revenue stream from that. There is a direct correlation between our environmental impact and our commercial success. So the more meals 
that we save, the better we're performing as a business. And so when those two things are, are super aligned, it becomes an attractive proposition for anyone. We've been able to show social impact businesses can deliver good, but also be good at the same time. But from a funding perspective, you know, that, um, as I say, becomes attractive to people. And so, you know, it attracted good people. Good people wanted to be involved in Too Good To Go. We've attracted investors who share our vision, um, who share our passion. And and there is that alignment in which they, you know, they want to to scale Too Good To Go so that we can deliver as much impact as we can. And from a, an investor's perspective, then, you know, one of the things that all investors look at is a target market opportunity. How, how big is this? And from maybe from their point of view, how much, how much revenue could a business like yours make? And of course, this problem is worldwide and it's huge. And some of the numbers that I was looking at are, are truly shocking in terms of, you know, over a third of all food is, goes to waste, which is incredible, you know, quantities. And, and that wasted food contributes to 10% of global emissions, uh, carbon emissions as well, uh, which obviously, as you said earlier, Jamie, has a, has a significant impact on, on climate change. Can you just quantify some of these numbers for our listening audience who are perhaps not familiar with just how much of a problem this really is? You're right, Blint. We, we are wasting, actually, it's more than a third of food that's being wasted. It's about 40% of global food production ends up being wasted, which in itself is is bonkers. I can't think of like any other industry in which you would happily dispose of of forty percent of your of your inventory or stock. Like imagine a car manufacturer disposing of of four out of every ten cars produced. It would be unheard of. Yet within the food industry, waste is just built in because we have this, uh, this, this broken food system. And so as a result of this, you know, it's costing you know, the global purse like huge amounts of money. We spend about $1.2 trillion every single year on food which is wasted. It is the equivalent of the world's 15th largest global economy. Now, at the moment, that's Mexico. In essence, we're saying it's okay to throw away as much food or as much money as the entire GDP of a country like Mexico. So that in itself is bizarre. Yeah, we've got food insecurity levels during a cost of living crisis, which are, which are soaring. You know, there is about 870 million people globally who go to bed hungry every single night. Yet there is more than enough food being produced to feed everyone. So again, food waste in itself is like a huge, huge injustice here. And then um, from an environmental perspective, if food waste was a country, you know, it would be the third largest greenhouse gas emitter after the US and China. As you pointed out, you know, 10% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions come from food waste, which is more than the aviation industry. It's more than plastic wastage. And I'm not saying that we, we should ignore those areas, but I often feel that, that food waste hasn't received that same level of attention. You know, we don't often connect food waste with environmental issues. Is that partly, do you think, because food as an industry is so dispersed, whereas something like aviation, you can kind of point the finger and 
deal with it. The complexity of the food system for sure has a thing to do with that understanding and engagement from broader society. The amount of stakeholders involved within our food supply chains just makes it inherently complex. And to your comparison, it's much more convoluted than a linear journey like in the automobile industry or aviation in which you know we know a car takes fuel and you know it is driven and that then produces more emissions when we look at food waste itself there isn't a giant mountain of food which is growing at one part of the planet the reason why food waste is an environmental issue is because it's a waste of all of those emissions which have gone into producing food in the first place so it's a waste of that land which has been converted. It's a waste of the water used to grow it, a waste of the fuel and electricity to store and distribute it. How do you get the message out? Because you need to get clients or customers who are restaurants and that sort of thing. But then you need the public to want to participate. What's your marketing like? How do you reach both of those audiences who are critical to the success of, of what you're doing. From a marketing perspective, we've been very conscious and deliberate in the way in which we've um, developed our brand. You know, when we talk about Too Good To Go, when we talk about our leading KPIs or we talk about the actions that our consumers take or our community takes, we always refer to them rescuing a meal. It's not buying a meal. It's not a partner selling a meal. But it's this act of rescuing a meal. So when I mean about this in a brand context, is it's, it's about doing something which is, is positive for the planet. You know, it's positive for your wallet. And so people feel rewarded. And in how we've been able to grow this on a broader scale, we were eight years ago, super bootstrapped. You know, we didn't have huge uh, marketing budgets to launch big digital media campaigns, but we relied a lot on network effects. So word of mouth, people having a good experience and telling their friends, telling their family, but also relying on PR. Yeah, we had lots of uh, media attention where people wanted to talk about this new innovative solution, which was effectively like disrupting the way in which uh, food operators would, would engage with waste or food surplus even. And so this allowed, as I say, to generate a broader following but again, cemented on having a brand which centers around doing something positive. What I hear you saying is it's really about ensuring the brand's integrity rather than first and foremost going out to people and just saying, you should do this, you should follow it. It's sort of like the brand has to stand there and then they will come kind of thing. As a brand, we've never wanted to be preachy. You know, we've never wanted to tell people what to do. It's been about inspiring people, so letting them know that you know food waste is an issue, but then giving them a tool to be able to do something about it. What's you know what better than you know rescuing your favorite foods from your local like French boulangerie? Yeah, that's great stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and you can you can feel good whilst doing it. Now, in those earlier years, we could have focused on the price benefit of using Tuga to go. Yeah, but we didn't want that to dilute this overall theme of doing something which was positive. And so that, again, has been 
central to the to the development of the brand is is ensuring that we spotlight the great things that our partners that our community are doing rather than highlighting other elements such as the price which can dilute the overall sentiment and Jamie talking about the brand uh, what sort of penetration has it had around the world too good to go is now operating across two continents so here in Europe as well as in North America and for us, you know, expansion and growth has been integral to our vision. You know, food waste is happening everywhere. You know, it's not just in London, it's not just in the UK, it's not just in Western Europe, but it's happening all across the globe. And so with that, we need to have a global solution which empowers people to go out there and, and start rescuing food. And so with that, you know, we've been you know, scaling Too Good To Go itself within the geographies that we operate in, but also expanding further afield. So most recently, uh, we expanded into, into Ireland. And prior to that, we'd launched in Canada as well. Um, and prior to that, the US. So Jamie, uh, could I just take you back a number of years uh, to the teenage Jamie what were you like as a teenager? What were your aspirations and dreams of, you know, what would you be doing when you grew up? And, and I'm just keen to understand your journey from that moment, let's say, through to suddenly this light bulb moment where you want to save the world from food waste and the start of your entrepreneurial journey. Jamie, as a teenager, had long moppy hair, thought of myself as a bit of a rocker, probably. But in all seriousness, I, I never really viewed myself as a entrepreneur at all. It wasn't something that I'd set out to do. You know, if you were to ask me as a teenager, like, what's an entrepreneur? I probably would have like, like conjured up these images of kids selling lemonade outside their parents' house as kids or something like that. Or, you know, the stories of the Richard Bransons, you know, dropping out at the age of 16 and then, you know, starting business their own way. What I'd always been and still am is someone who's driven by impact. And I've always like genuinely cared about people. I suppose everyone's probably going to say that, that they genuinely care about people. Hopefully this is um, illustrated through some of those professional choices I made later on down the line. After school, I went to university. I studied law. I then did my master's degree in human rights law. And for me, it was, you know, I wanted to be in, in human rights so I could, I could help people. The wonderful thing about human rights law is it can bring you to, to different parts of the world. So it brought me to areas like France, where I worked in the Calais jungle, which was the uh, largest unofficial refugee camp of its kind. It also brought me to Australia, where I worked with an NGO. I did a, another diploma in law. But it was here when I was in Australia that I kind of first really saw food waste and really understood it for the first time. So I was working out there and one of the multiple jobs I seemed to have while I was living there was one for an events agency. And I encountered food waste on a scale I'd, I'd never quite seen before as a result of overproduction, you know, preparatory waste, plate wastage. And it was my job to throw that food away. And so I had this really like visceral experience of seeing like these 150 liter bins just filled with food. And when you've done a eight, nine, 
10 hour shift, you're on your feet, I'm bloody hungry. <laughs> so it, it was, uh, it really compounded the frustration here. And so, you know, that was not necessarily the light bulb moment, but it was where I am, um, you know, that, that seed was certainly planted. And then fast forward a little while, I was back in the UK and we, I was working for another NGO. And this time um, we had an event and that food at this event was catered for by people who went dumpster diving. And for me, that was like, okay, well, that's great fun, but not everybody wants to go dumpster diving. So how can we rescue that food before it hits a bin in the first place? And then I saw a opportunity to use business and use technology to create positive impact at scale. Now, that's a great story, Jeremy. And your, your current authenticity really kind of comes through and that story really backs it up. Can we now maybe have a look at the future, you know, 2024 and beyond into the next few years? How confident or not are you about making a real difference here? You know, I'm a firm believer of collaboration. So I don't see, you know, too good to go is not going to solve the issue of food waste alone but we can create a huge amount of impact and we can empower a huge amount of people by giving them solutions and giving them tools by collaborating with others. And that means, you know, collaborating with the partners that we have on our app, collaborating with different third parties or different agencies, different um, institutions to be able to address food waste on a on a grander scale that can be through you know things like policy change and different areas within within this space you know i wouldn't want to stand here and say too good to go is going to be the be all and end all but we already are able to have an impact and through collaborating we can have an even greater impact so right now we've rescued over 280 million meals from going to waste which is a little over three meals every single second. Now, putting that into context, we waste globally around 40,000 meals every second. So every small bit, we can create more and more impact. I think what we've been able to show is the Too Good To Go model certainly has the capacity to create impact at scale. In terms of what the future lies, you know, for us, we, we're investing now in, in broader like product development. So we have looked at the food waste problem across that food value chain. And we have our marketplace, which very much focuses on sort of, you know, consumers, retail and food service. We have recently launched a new direct to consumer offering in some of our markets. So in France, in Italy, Belgium, and in Denmark and the Netherlands, we have partnered up with various different food manufacturers, food producers, that when they have surplus at that level, we can package it into magic parcels and send these direct to consumers. So that's one thing that we're going to be doing in the future is, is developing this further. And we're also you know, looking at how we can work closer with many of our partners in retail to deliver more value for them across their uh, reduced to clear process and through that surprise bag model within the marketplace. So lots of things happening on the horizon for us. I think it is just a, an incredibly exciting time where we've gone from being a very sort of lean, agile, bootstrap startup 
which started on a kitchen table to now be in a position where we can look at like the food value chain in a more holistic way and then develop solutions and develop new products to address food waste across this. You know, one of the things we we often hear is the su- success or failure of an endeavor does have to do with timing and timing's on your side, it sounds like. So congratulations. Thank you. I know that you're now involved with the Obama Foundation based in Washington, obviously in the USA. I mean, this sounds really very exciting. Can you just share with us what you're doing with that particular foundation? Yeah, I was honored earlier this year to be selected by the Obama Foundation as one of their Obama leaders for 2023. Uh, What this is, it's a network of leaders, of change agents, of change makers to bring them together so that they're able to continue to deliver value across their communities. It's very much about creating like this network of change makers effectively. So it's been it's been brilliant to be part of this network. It's been great to be working with the Obama Foundation. And it's been an incredible experience to learn from people like President Barack Obama himself, who, as you can imagine, is is full of wisdom and is a, a great leader for us all to learn from. Fantastic. And uh, I guess the final question is, uh, you know, what would you say to everyone listening now in terms of taking action? How do we all join the crusade to save and rescue food in the way that you've described? Uh, What's the best way for people to either get in touch with you, your company, or indeed, what is the best way for them to actually make a difference themselves? Well, I'd, I'd encourage everyone listening to, you know, to download the Too Good To Go app if they're, if they're keen to uh, start rescuing food. As I say, we operate across 17 countries, across Europe and North America. So hopefully there will be food businesses near you, which, uh, which could do with some food being rescued. Um, and if you would like to find out more, please check out our so- social channels on Instagram. Facebook and, and Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me directly, I'm more than open to people um, reaching out, out, out to me on LinkedIn as well. One final bonus question, which is uh, to all of our founders listening to the show, what one key piece of advice would you give any founder in any business and in any sector to help them on their journey to being as successful as you have been? Well, if they're a founder, they've probably already started their business. So I mean, I would encourage them to keep following their passion, but I would also like highlight the importance of, of self-care. Um, so really that's about doing some self-reflective and introspective thinking wherever you can, because you don't want to sort of burn out or you don't want to have any, any of these situations in which um, you can't keep doing that thing that really makes you excited. So look after yourselves would be my main advice. I think that's great. That's different than what, the typical kind of advice is. So thank you for that. It was actually um, Barack Obama who had told me that. He was like, it is so important for this community of change agents, of change makers to look after yourselves because if you don't keep doing the things that you're doing, no one else will. And on that note, Jamie, thank you very much. We want to thank you very much for your time. And and obviously, thank you to Barack Obama for those words of wisdom as well. And if he's listening, feel free to share some more. Uh, But to you, Jamie, uh, you know, many congratulations on what you've achieved thus far. Thank you so much, Jamie, for sharing. It's been such a delightful conversation, very inspiring conversation. Thank you. 
Well, Shelley, that was, uh, well, for me anyway, uh, quite an inspirational interview with Jamie. Um, that inspiration came from his passion and his authenticity. And he really wears his passion on his sleeve, doesn't he? Yes, he does. You know, he's a quiet spoken man, but obviously there's a fire burning there. Uh, and he, and he's following his passion, but not in a disorganized kind of crazy manner. He is also a business person. And, you know, in this sustainability arena where it's sort of companies that are doing good for the planet, you know, there's always been a problem or often been a problem in the past about how do they become profitable? You know, may, yeah, maybe they do a good thing, but where's the money coming from, et cetera. And he talked about this being a triple win, which rang home to me. And and what he said was the three components of who we are and how we operate are consumers, businesses, the businesses with whom we work, and the environment all win. And he talked as well about the direct correlation between meals saved and revenue. This is doing good things and making money as a business. That's impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the more you do of everything, the more everyone wins. Yes. We spoke about some of the statistics, which are truly shocking. You know, 40% of food is wasted. That contributes 10% to global gas emissions. And to deal with that, you know, his messaging is, is actually very impressive. He doesn't talk about saving food or reducing food waste, but he talks about rescuing food, which has a quite a, an emotional attachment when you rescue something. It resonates and it's a very positive emotion, isn't it? And I think that is probably part of the reason why he's expanded into 17 countries and is and he's really doing very well around the world, isn't he? And and that's how the brand is supported too. You know, even the name Too Good to Go is aligned with that rescue theme. So I yeah, I liked that as well. And he talked about a couple of other points. He reiterated that collaboration is important to scaling because we asked him about how he's how he is scaling because rather than uh, you know be operating in a vacuum or operating solo he said no you you have to work with others you have to collaborate you have to have partners to really grow so that was very positive and then impressive he is part of the Obama Foundation that right there is quite an accolade one of the things that he learned there and from President Obama was the business of self-care. Take care of yourself so you can continue to fight these battles and deal with the issues and move forward. And we, and we heard that from others as well. So I think that's an interesting theme that founders do need to pay attention to. Next time on Startup Sensations. I meet founders who say, oh, I'm worried you're going to come in and try and take over and run my business. I think, God, I couldn't think of anyone worse to run your business than me. We're really busy running our business. We're backing them to run their businesses. Thanks for listening to Startup Sensations. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. Follow us on the Startup Sensations podcast LinkedIn page and watch video highlights on our YouTube channel. Get in touch with us. Email hello at startupsensations.com. The Startup Sensations podcast.